I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this is season seven of the podcast, dedicated to series two of The Traitors UK. On every edition of The Trader, I'll be joined by a special co-host who'll help me break down an episode of the TV programme, hopefully have some laughs, and maybe even betray me. In fact, I am so eager to talk to my guest today that I am skipping the entire TT News segment for now, just so that our conversation can begin a little bit sooner. Let's meet her. My co-host today is Jessica Wheeler, making her Tradar podcast debut. Jessica is a senior development research for a prestigious TV company. She's also a talent. <laughs> Jessica is laughing on mute right now. Uh, she is also a talented writer, apprentice superfan, and beautiful singer. And I know this because I had a ticket to the closing night of her recent Christmas bathroom concert series. Jessica, how are you going? Oh my goodness. Nothing could have prepared me for that introduction. I'm so glad this isn't a visual <laughs> podcast because my I was beaming, but also terrified. Um, thank you so much. I haven't been called special in a really long time. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to be talking about episode five with you. Me too. Um, I've been thinking back about series one and I do believe like it was around four and five when things really kicked off. Yeah. And um happy to say that episode five didn't disappoint for me. Excellent. What a treat. 
You, no, you've seen various other versions of the show, including Australia. Uh, how is this like ranking compared to other seasons for you so far? Uh, absolutely. I've seen series one. <laughs> Matthew and I uh, enjoy. Why am I saying Matthew and I? Like, hello, <laughs> listener, Matthew and I, for some context. Uh, well, we do. We love to repeat the. I was in a car line from series one. <laughs> I'm never in a car, so it's perfect. Um, how is it comparing? it's great I think what's so special about the traitors is you can never know the rules because every new series as soon as you think something's predictable or expected people won't do that because they become like these signs um, of of being a traitor and da 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 so yeah yeah, it's it's got its own rules and and I'm always going to watch even just anthropologically from that (laughs) perspective it's always a good show yeah. Are you in the Diane is an icon camp or the Diane must go camp? I think this is harsh. Maybe like a, <laughs> Amanda from series one set the bar too high for like <laughs> brunettes of, I don't, I don't want to say they're the same age. I, I can't remember how old either of them are, but like mother people like what mother and mother like literal mother or mother no, I'm as in she's it. mothering <laughs> yeah as in she ate mother ate like <laughs> that yeah <laughs> people want that and um and they're like hmm, she's not Amanda and I'm like no she's her own thing but what we can say about Diane is that she obviously she knows how to go to the gym that woman <laughs> yeah she she's she enjoys, impressive she enjoys a lunge <laughs> I mean, not to rush ahead, but when they were doing the challenge today, I was like, I hope I am as fit as, as Diana is in my yeah. future. Or now. I would enjoy that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would watch her workout DVD. Not in a weird, creepy way. Just, <laughs> just in like, a, she could show me a thing or two. It still sounds creepy. I'm it sounds okay. creepy. I'm but sorry. don't. there was a time culturally where you would have been fine. We're just not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, before I introduce the game that we'll be playing throughout the podcast, I want to get a sense of how good a liar Jessica might Now, I know Jessica quite well already, but Jessica, can you tell me what is your biggest betrayal? <laughs> this could be the funniest, silliest, wildest, most shocking or most ridiculous fib you ever told oh okay so i um i'm i'm not a good fibber i have a real problem with with lying <laughs> uh, but i i think when i interpreted this i thought it was maybe a betrayal upon me oh okay for That's... which i have a better story uh, or a story um is that okay that works yeah because it's funny and it was when i was 11 I mean, I'm saying it's funny. You don't have to think it's funny. Is this all a ruse? You're like, I can't, I'm really not a good liar. And then later (laughs) you're going to lie like 10 times in the episode and I'm not kind of going to catch any of them. I'm not even Jessica. I'm (laughs) a little Australian cousin. No, uh, God, people must hate our impressions. (laughs) Because I know you did it on episode one of this podcast. I do it all the time. The series too. And I just think, when people, because I'm obviously like Northern, but not too strong. When people impersonate my voice as if I'm really Northern, I get my backup. So I'm really <laughs> sorry to any 
Australian listeners. Um, okay. I offended all of Northern Ireland in the last episode when I tried to do Diane's accent, so no to one be will fair, be bothered by you. We we our our colleague um was from Northern Northern Ireland, and yeah. so you'll you have an ear for it mm-hmm. at least. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. So your biggest betrayal. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, in terms of if I'd betrayed, I would say it was like probably very low-key stealing when I was a teenager, but that's just not fun. That's that's just not fun. Every, you know, I was just experimenting. Um, uh, and I don't want to talk about me stealing from a shop when I was a kid <laughs> on the podcast. Um, uh, but okay, so it's just a funny story. And also this this friend that I'm going to mention as part of my story, for some reason, like a lot of my content is reflects back on her because we were like best friends when I was a kid. But it, it's quite funny. So one of my best friends when I was growing up, we did um, like we were just starting to do amateur dramatics in our area. And uh, we both got callbacks for the part of Annie. And so she was at mine and we were talking about how's it, you know, how's it going to go? You nervous for the audition? Da, da, da. And I, I used to tap dance at the time. And obviously if you've seen the original Annie film, the little tap sequence with Daddy Warbucks. So I, my mum was like, you should definitely take your tap shoes and, you know, show them you can tap. And uh, my friend was like, no, don't take your tap shoes. And I, I was easily influenced because it was like friend who is cool, mum that is not. <laughs> I didn't take them. Anyway, did the callbacks. I I did not get the part of Annie. She did get the part of mm-hmm. Annie. Then she got an agent. Then she was on TV and, and like her career took off. So <laughs> when I read that you wanted me to talk about my biggest betrayal. I'm not bitter, by the way. I absolutely love this person. <laughs> um, but I find it funny to think of that journey. I um, I thought that story was going to end with, like, and now she's Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny you said that, because I've been thinking about Dua Lipa just before this call. Um, completely irrelevant. No, she's not Dua Lipa, but she, you know, she was on... I can't say any details about her. She was on some long-running shows for a while, and then she presented some CBBC stuff. Okay. Basically, if anyone knows me, and and <laughs> it's so easy to decode, but I, if she ever listens to this, she knows that I stand. I love. <laughs> so. Is she Australian? Is that a clue? No, we're Nor. both from Rochdale. Okay. <laughs> A little tiny, <laughs> cute, quaint village uh, <laughs> north of Manchester. Right, that ac- i got to rinse my mouth out of that accent, I swear. <laughs> no, I enjoy it every time. Well, we are going to be playing uh, a sneaky game of dishonesty throughout the podcast episode. Our not-so-secret mission from here on in is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors or about yourself or anything else. For example, I could lie and tell Jessica that I was actually a games tester for this series of the show and that Claudia Winkleman threw a golden cannonball at me and gave me a black eye. However, our lies can't be fake opinions, like saying, I think Claudia's black eye shadow, see what I did there, has gone full Britney Spears and I don't like it. 
when my true feelings are that Claudia's look simply can't be improved upon. So we're looking for fake facts rather than fake feelings. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Jessica, are you ready to betray me? Um, I feel like you've betrayed my whole scale of like dramatic eye makeup because you're saying like you can the lowest bar is Claudia and the highest is Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. don't understand what you're saying. I mean I was like Amy Winehouse, maybe. Okay, you know, she's famous for that. For, well, Brittany these days, there's some there's some Brittany's got that I didn't take my makeup off after yeah. the night out look. Yeah, sort of disheveled, not sort of intentional smoky eye look is what I was thinking. Uh, well, in that case, I would... <laughs> I'm <laughs> now, ready to play. Sorry, I should have said, I'm ready to play, but like I said, I'm a terrible liar. This isn't a bluff. You, you're going to see me smirk, but <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Our game begins now. And we're ready to dive into episode five of the Traitors UK series two. <laughs> We begin with a recap of episode four. So we're reminded that Brian was banished. Goodbye, Glaswegian Brian. And the traitors sent four people to the dungeon. That was Ash, Paul, Andrew, and Meg. Andrew was saved kind of unexpectedly in the mission. Uh, Meg and Paul come under fire in the banishment room, but it was Ash who received the most votes. And we ended on a strange cliffhanger because we kind of knew what was going to happen next, but the episode ends before Ash actually tells us that she's a traitor. So we begin at that point then. We're in the banishment room, we're at the round table, Ash tells them that she's a traitor like we knew she would, and there's a wild reaction as expected. Um, I mean, I think getting a traitor at the third banishment is not bad, right? They're That's okay, they're doing quite a good job. They're... I don't think they're doing as good a job as the previous series. I also know, and I was thinking today when I watched it for the second time, they're really, the fact that, um, so for example, Paul was like, oh yeah, I definitely think there were two and and they recruited one. So like the the consensus is that there were three traitors. Yeah. And now there's two. And like, I think that could end up being a massive problem for the faithful and I think it's just not as open-minded so yeah very gratifying to have caught someone but I feel like their problems haven't even begun to some degree yeah I also I mean I'm jumping ahead a little bit but I've said this on previous episodes I kind of I think it's really difficult to have early predictions in this show especially about particular players making it to a certain point but I do have a feeling that the traitors might win this series. Uh, and part of what you just said maybe sort of leads into that. Um, so uh, Paul is like, Paul is like crying in his interview and in his like confessional <laughs> um, sudden, very suddenly. Uh, it's such a contrast to the previous episode. Yeah. And also before when, when people have become super emotional, that's made people suspicious because they've been like why why are you that upset and Paul in this episode says like he was that upset but he essentially like recalibrated the direction of 
how upset he was to give off a different yeah. vibe. Just some tea about Paul. Is this, can we do this? I, I feel like anyone who's really researching the show would know that like he features on the Chatterbix podcast quite a lot with the one with Joe Wilkinson and David L, right? Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. sort of been geared up by these two like successful comedians. I said you should do it. And when I learned this, that's put a lot of him into context for me. Like he knows, he actually knows how to perform, but also still be himself. And he, he worries me so. <laughs> <laughs> he worries me so. He... He he definitely feels like the the or they're painting him because you have to remember when you watch Traitors and it's Studio Lambert doing a brilliant job. It is so crafted, it is so heavily put together that 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 they've created the entire narrative we're about to see. But from what we are seeing of Paul, he he's only getting higher up as someone for a greater fall. Yeah, you see what I mean. Yeah, and, definitely. And um, this whole thing with him and Johnny becoming you know they they seem to be together all the time and i can't help but feel like that's come from the thing about johnny and paul being the most popular and then paul was like oh well if i'm friends with the most popular guy then that's probably gonna help like a few a bit transparent for me but okay i, <laughs> I don't know okay <laughs> sorry sorry i'm just <laughs> i've got many thoughts um paul paul is just He's interesting. He's he's got a villainousness. <laughs> yeah, and the what do you the, think? The podcast that you mentioned, uh, there are I've seen a clip of this on TikTok of the first time that uh, they mentioned the traitors to him, and Paul had not, didn't even know what the show was. So the two hosts, um, David and I can't remember the other guy's name. Joe, it's Joe Wilkinson, right? The the two like actor comedians. Yeah, they talk. They're like, oh, have you been watching the Traitors? You should go. And he's like, oh, I've heard it. I don't really know what it is. It's it's really strange seeing this old clip now. Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of like I don't know if there's this like Carl Pilkington nestness about him in that podcast where he's supposed to be like the guy that's not. Doesn't have a clue. Yeah. Yeah. But he's clearly. As a clue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm also, at this point, not really any clearer about why they ended episode four with that cliffhanger. Like, I thought, oh, that that something strange is going to happen. Like, maybe Ash is going to say something really unusual, or someone, as soon as she walks out, is going to say something wild, like one of the traitors is going to put their foot in it. But actually, none, none of that really happens. So... Yeah, everyone I must have spoken to about eight people about this bearing in mind this <laughs> show came out yesterday <laughs> and and i don't think anyone knows but uh not to be like boring kind of from my career perspective i think like it's a re- it's a just a really good way of making people watch the next episode yeah and also look at the, it's posed such a question like why did why would you do that there when everyone knows what ash is about to say yeah um yeah, so even though there isn't a surprise, it made us think there was going to be a surprise and therefore we watched. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't know if, if when we look back at the episode in full, maybe it creates like a better arc throughout the episode to have done it there to, to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe tonally it just didn't. I mean, imagine if it had been like, I'm a traitor and then 
and then they'd been like, oh, yay. And then you end the episode, it's 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 too gratifying and it feels yeah. like too much of a closer. Like you're not really teasing people to come back that way. So so hats off to, to the edit. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> you're the yeah, they've got to end with something exciting. Mm. And normal like most of the time it's the traitors and traitors tower talking about who they're gonna murder next. And yeah, they, they could have just gone ahead to that, but also they know who they're you know as Claudia kindly let us know. But what was brilliant about was... that was the explanations of, because this has happened, that means this will happen. Yeah. So you couldn't even go to the tower because... There was no suspense the... to be had there. Exactly. And yeah. if you tried to put all of that content in at the end of that episode, what, what are you leading into then? So it, yeah. I totally see why that decision was made. Yeah, yeah. So we start to see some discussions around about the house then. Um, some of the women pop some uh, champagne. Paul is crying with Johnny and I don't really know why he's still talking about his little boy. Um, I love it. That okay. <laughs> people don't mention their kids and then not to... People just will drop in that they have kids and it really <laughs> catches me off guard. <laughs> like I'm happy for them, but I, don't, I just don't know why it always surprises me. Yeah, uh, on the uncloaked episode, uh, Johnny talks a little bit about this, but I, I want to give them as little promotion as possible, so I won't say any more about it. He, uh, Paul says that uh, he says in his interview that these are genuine emotions, but he's just reshaping them, and I, 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 I get what he means. He's like, I was actually upset. I just pretended I was upset for a kind of slightly different reason. He's done a Tracy Beaker. He said <laughs> it's his allergies. <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> I mean, I've said this to you in person, like, the kind of American psycho nature of Paul. <laughs> like, he's like, I am simply not there. Like, <laughs> like I do I do like him a lot. Um, but he, I think as well he's exposing some things that we all probably do in our normal lives. And it's kind of... Um, I mean, do we? I, I mean, I think I've definitely misdirected some feelings for something to like save face or whatever. But but there's something very like raw about how articulate he is about his process, right? Yeah, I forgot to mention in Jessica's bio that she's actually my therapist as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought her on for some psychological chat about me. And what do you think <laughs> about that? How do you feel about that? Matthew, didn't you relate to this? Remember what you said <laughs> last week? <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, what is it? The oh, I've missed the moment. Confidentiality. Confidentiality. <laughs> it's it's quite hard actually us having this discussion because uh, we talk so much about our job is to talk about show formats, unscripted show formats, and consider all of these different elements. So, like, you know, we see it from us. I think that's why your podcast is great because you have a good insight as, of it as a maker you know as well so i was talking about it is like like the whole thing about the where they ended the episode yeah yeah, yeah. i like it because of because you can work it out based on all the other things you know about how tv works right yeah yeah but if i never felt like that i probably would have just felt annoyed annoyed and... yeah <laughs> thank you dr <laughs> <laughs> Professor Wheeler. That's why I brought you on. Uh, so... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so 
Diane and Tracy, back to the house. Diane and Tracy still think that Meg uh, is the traitor. And they say that the traitors have shot themselves in the foot if Paul gets murdered, because it'll be so obvious that Meg is the traitor tomorrow. Little do they know what is actually about to happen. Tracy also suggests Zach is a traitor, but the others really disagree with that. Clairvoyant Tracy doing a great job. Clairvoyant sonographer uh, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also remember in the first episode of this where you and your friend were the di- the dispute about what a sonographer was. Yes, well, a lot of people who are listening sent me messages because they thought I was saying stenographer. So they thought I didn't understand what a stenographer was, but actually I was not saying that and no. I was correct about what a sonographer is. Uh, Diane and Andrew then suggest that Johnny is a traitor which I, I was quite surprised about. I, I mean, I think we've already heard Ross mention this before, uh, but this oh, kind yes. of took me aback. And yeah. Diane, in fact, we have, because Diane then says, oh, actually, Ross thinks the same. And again, like... The bloodlines this... are showing, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're letting slip, guys. There's something, <laughs> something so naughty about their relationship, which is... Probably the most indecent thing I'll say on the whole podcast, but there's something like <laughs> really like cheeky about the way that they communicate and their intimacy. Like there was a bit where they were talking privately and I think it was Charlie like spotted them in the kitchen and was like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Was it was it Charlie? And they're like, oh, like duh, 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 just talking about this. But I think they're going to, some questions might be asked eventually if they continue yeah. that trajectory. Oh, I'm really looking forward to... I, I think I don't know if it will come out. I don't think it'll I mean... come out. I don't think it'll come out. I think I think one of them will go. Yeah. I don't think it'll come out. Yeah, I think that's where the drama will eventually come from. It's from one of them losing the other. I, yeah, I, have, I just have a feeling they're, they're going to keep the secret really well, although I secretly want them to let something slip by accident and it'll be really enjoyable. Just, it's a very different situation to the secret relationship from series one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point in the episode, I, and I'm not sort of like retrospectively adding this note in and pretending I knew more than I did, but I already was worried about Johnny. I just felt he was getting so much focus from like really? three, three different people talking about him. I just Just that being included in the edit made me think, not necessarily that he is going to be banished, but I thought he's going to be in trouble. He's going to be one of the people that ends up being spoken about at the banishment room. And there's a couple of other things in the episode that then re, re- sort of affirmed that for me. Mm. Um, there, there's you... theory. Uh, sorry, yeah, on you go. I'm so sorry. I was just thinking, like, there's a very interesting dynamic coming up between, um, well, between Ross and Johnny and and partially Zach as well these sort of boys of a similar age who are probably, obviously this could just be the edit, not in the room, don't know. But like, uh, th- there's like a sort of young alpha-ness yeah. that, that I think means that they they lock heads a bit and lock heads, butt heads? Lock, I don't know what that term is. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think they're like, there's like a provocation in, in, in just the fact that those people are in the same room together doing this game. Yeah. Like there there's some cross lines of like who who they are and and they're quite similar in some ways and I think that's that's bringing a lot out of them. And then if you know like for Ross 
with his secret alliance. Like that's that's just going to make this Johnny case unfold a bit more, I think. Yeah, I think I I would probably include Anthony in that as well. Like there's a there's a couple of really interesting conflicts that happen with him and with Zach. Are you are we going? With, is it Anthony? Yeah. Oh, oh, Anthony or Anthony. I yeah, I thought like <laughs> this is not from the start of the episode which we're currently talking about, but this is a moment from the end when someone votes for him and calls him Ant. Ant. And yeah. I was like, that is mm. mean. That's actually mean that you've done that. <laughs> like you secretly hate this man. <laughs> I have a whole note on this that I'm gonna get to at banishment, by the way, about them calling him Ant. And like oh, again, you're the perfect person to talk about to this, and you'll find out why when I get there. Okay, super, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> So the, the the reason that Johnny's name is coming up is the, the theory seems to be that he behaves very differently come banishment room. Uh, they they think that like he's generally a really friendly, like outgoing, I guess extrovert guy, but in banishment he's really quiet and reserved, and they seem to think that this is suspicious. Meg says that she doesn't want to be murdered, which is really <laughs> almost no one does. Uh, it's quite sad because like. As viewers, we know that she is absolutely about to be murdered and she yeah. doesn't realise that there's a chance maybe that won't happen. And even Claudia then steps in to make it very clear to us that there, there's no way out of this. Um, I, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. I have theorised on previous episodes, or episodes of Singular, that I wonder if... I, I think this whole situation is quite odd that actually Meg is sort of doomed and there's no way out of it and we already know that like I kind of get the feeling maybe do you think production messed up a bit and sort of thought oh shit we shouldn't have let them put two traitors down there this actually isn't great or do you think they don't care I don't I don't think they messed up and also when you're dealing with a cash prize uh I think you have to be very careful with intervention with stuff like that right um <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. Hashtag work chat. No, but <laughs> I but just I wonder think... if they thought, oh, like they they told the traitors, you can put as many of you in yeah. the dungeon as you want, but Maybe... they can't actually, right? Because what there were four. Yeah, there... they so they have... couldn't. They couldn't they... have all gone in. Why not? They, that's what they told. Them. They said you can put yourselves in. Um. Yeah, but if all of them, okay. They couldn't all go in because then there would be no, no one murder. would have been murdered. But then so that like, I, almost I think... happened anyway, because if Meg had got banished, that still would have happened. Yeah, so I guess what this is... <laughs> no, 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 no. So My question is, I mean, production have said you can put one of you in the dungeon? But the thing is that then there would have had to have been this thing where the faithfuls knew there are up to two... That there might be one in. I don't. They don't need to tell the faithful. Yeah, but it seems. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My brain is like a tiny bit broken from this situation. It's okay. Me too. So, well, what we... was the question? Do I think that the production staff should have said, "You don't do this. Do you know? Only or, put one in." To put it more simply, do you think that when this situation arose, where Meg? was bound to leave the game and was kind of screwed halfway through episode four do you think production were like oh that's kind of a bit annoying that that's ended up happening no i think i think what's exciting like it's only on its second series and imagine if this had happened so like uh 
imagine if everyone had come back the next day and they would have... I mean, I don't know what Claudia would have said when she came into the room or whatever, you know, to... should have been like, oh, no one's been... Yeah. Murdered. I don't know how you would have said that without obviously indicating what that meant. But I think it added... It actually, it worked to add, you know, drama to the situation, right? The The idea that it... That, that two happen. people could have come back. And I think as a viewer, you you're excited to imagine the possibility that everyone's going to come back and that's going to show yeah. to everyone. I, I think it worked out perfectly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I think it really created a brilliant fork in the road for, uh, I'm not going to say that some people just view things with bias and that's why they trust certain people. Like, you know, the filters that we all have and some people are playing it like as a game, but it definitely as Anthony surmised, what I thought was like quite well yeah. at the round table, like that you can see it very clearly in two different ways, what has happened. Yeah, yeah. And yet he's basically ignored by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what does end up happening, of course, is we go to Traitor's Tower. There are just sort of these three guys now, which is <laughs> kind of boring. And Paul reiterates he thinks that Ash was terrible and that she needed to go... It's, I mean, it's quite patronising to me. <laughs> um, and as well as Paul being on the podcast you talked about, do you know that he was on Deal or No Deal? Yeah, in like 2010? Yeah. Something? Uh, as well Come, as... People that apply for TV, though, they've usually been on... Well, they haven't always been on TV, but... Yeah, I, it's He's not... He's got a some, taste for it. Yeah, some people online are like, like oh, look... Paul and Kyra were in Deal or No Deal. And I'm like, big, yeah, I'm not surprised. No deal. No big deal. Uh, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> deal or no big deal. Deal or no big deal, guys. <laughs> Respond in the comments. No. Um, I, I'm making a note that that's the title of this episode. Deal or no big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's in Traitor's Tower there's basically no chat about murder because there's nothing to discuss oh no sorry Paul is like it's like what does he say he's like you know if you're in work or you're part of a foot if you're part of a football team he just makes these real like <laughs> funny like male analogies analogies <laughs> I just like he is right but it's just so funny seeing like three guys <laughs> like just kind of nodding at each other and he's like you know if you're part of a football team then then you've got to support the the rest of the team and they're like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Jessica either that's your lie or what's more likely is I zoned out when Paul was saying that because he talked they... about football and it just didn't <laughs> register with my brain so I don't the word football like turns your brain off I barely even remember that happening. Um, I programmed that into you as your therapist for you to just switch off at the sound of football. No, no, that, that did happen. And they're, they're so, I don't know, for me, I love those moments that seem like nothing. They're the funniest moments for me. Yeah. Because they come into that with Olivia Rodrigo vampire playing. <laughs> yeah, I do remember so, that. <laughs> Because Football, I was... <laughs> no, Olivia Rodrigo, yeah. And I can't, the music, sensational, I'm sensational in the positive sense and also like in the other sense of the word. I. It is so daring. It is so American. I mean, Studio Lama can do America and the UK, like they've got this massive track record for it and they're really bringing to us 
that level of like cheesiness in the soundtrack that I want to like peel off my body, but also I'm really glad it's there. <laughs> <sighs> That's okay. That might be a soundbite for the podcast. <laughs> I want to peel off my body. Peel it off my body, not peel off my body. <gasps> not that meant- severe. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it any clearer. As in, like, I feel like it's a it's a film on my skin when the music is doing it. Like the, in the other episode, I was like, "I'm the boogeyman," and I was just like, "Please <laughs> take this away from me. I don't want to embrace the drama of the music that you're putting on <laughs> for something that I know is inherently very British and probably normal sounding, like on." on the scene of yeah. where the moment is happening. Because <laughs> imagine that conversation where he's like, it's about, you know, a football without that intro from Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> uh, so we move to the next morning. We're at breakfast. Uh, even all the faithful know that really they're just waiting for one of two people. It's either going to mm-hmm. be Paul or Meg who appear. Mm-hmm. Evie is uh, really happy about first dibs on breakfast. Anthony, <laughs> Andrew, Anthony or Anthony. Anthony. Oh, I meant Evie before when I said Charlie. I meant Evie. Okay. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad you clarified. Anthony and Tracy. <laughs> I think I did. I'm really bad for going through things in my head. And that wasn't my lie. You carry on. I'm going to be quiet now. Anthony and Tracy are on a high about catching a traitor last night, as are most of the cast. Andrew is doing a lot of talking, I notice. I think he's been given a real confidence boost by being saved, which in turn might not be good for him, but I I think he's okay for now. Tracy says something quite interesting, actually, that I think she shows that I think shows she does she does understand the game fairly well because she says Paul's never gonna get banished because he's so popular. So the traitors will have to murder him. It's the only way to get rid of him. So she, the fact that she's just sort of aware of that, I thought, okay, like, that's smart. Um, that they've realised that traitors have to figure out how to get rid of people whatever way they yeah. can. And if someone's too popular and isn't going to get banished, they're going to have to do that through murder. Yeah, no one in this game isn't smart. It's just, are they functioning on, like, A-level interpretations, B-level interpretations, or C-level? Because people like Anthony are like on C level, which I mean is like three steps ahead when they're yeah. like chess coach mind, like that this or this and this could mean this. Yeah. Tracy Tracy is, you know, she she's on that she's on that next level, but her she's not actioning. Like following through on it. Yeah. yeah which we she... see a lot of in this episode, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, like the like like the no- logical next step is for her to then when Paul appears go, oh, okay, this means something that we should we should act, but she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. So yeah, and I think there's probably part of her is a bit self-conscious, really, of of her sonography. The sonography, <laughs> yeah. I think I it's it's a tough one because like obviously if you put a clairvoyant into the series, there's immediate expectations. And when she did the whole thing with Anthony and she. <laughs> I, I like her so much, but what maybe there was more to that conversation, but saying that something happened when you were a child that made you who you were, <laughs> it does not feel to me like an act of divination. <laughs> um, um, so... Dr. Wheeler, are you saying that everyone's childhood affects them as an adult? I want to go on a record <laughs> and say 
I do. I do. <laughs> it's um, groundbreaking. Anthony's an Aries through and through, like me. <laughs> He'll probably, <laughs> she'll already know that, and so will Anthony. <laughs> Can identify those factors. But yeah, I do. I do wonder why. She doesn't even need to to go into the clairvoyancy with that. That's just like quick maths, isn't it? Really, to to, to have that top line the show in the morning to be like, well, yeah, you wouldn't. Paul's not going to go. There's heat on Meg. It's almost like such a clear equation that people can't see it to some degree. Yeah. Do you I think? Th- yeah, and I, I think that and. In- different versions of the show that I've seen some this happens sometimes there are incredibly obvious sort of um explanations for things but in the pressure environment of the show people just make up crazy things like people 100% convince I'm... themselves of wild theories rather than just go with the obvious or they they miss the obvious because they're yeah they're for so long and they just can't stop thinking 24/7 about it and they actually also, then go yeah. astray we also have seen, I think they showcased it a lot in the first few episodes because they've, it's all on tape. So for example, when we hear like Zach saying, um, oh, it's the last supper. And yeah, then yeah. that gets reiterated as he, he said, it's my last supper, you know, or the thing about like, oh, I'm going to sleep you know, whoever's got that's going to sleep well tonight. And then they're like, he said he's going to sleep really well tonight. Like they're showing us the drama of that miscommunication. Yeah. But obviously when you're there, people, I, yeah, is it sort of like the Salem witch trials? Like do people just Im- imagine or hear what they want to hear or or forget or, yeah. Yeah. it's Very like, interesting. Yeah, so much of the traitors is the crucible. It's people, like, going wild. And who is John Proctor? <laughs> John is Who is Paul. Elizabeth Warren? Abigail <laughs> Paul. Claudia is Tituba. Uh... <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> anyway, to English lit chat. So... <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Zach a moment ago. Let's let's go back there. Uh, Zach right. says uh, he looks after... like a very famous food blogger as well. Oh yeah, you you mentioned this to me. Um, yeah, I don't know who this is, but I I think is it called Food Wars? They compare like American fast food chains, what's available on a fast food chain in America compared to like the UK, and they just look so similar. I had to like Reddit up Reddit. <laughs> Redditize the situation. <laughs> yeah. I had to ask the people, um, and, and it's, it's not, not him. It's not him. It's not him. Uh, Zach has this theory about Paul. He's like actually figuring it out. Like he's he's taking the next step ahead of Tracy, and he mm-hmm. says if Paul comes in, he's a traitor. But then Andrew's beside him, just going nah. <laughs> it's so annoying, and they should see people vehemently defend others when they. No one knows the truth, except from the traitors. Like, the faithful truly mm. don't really ever know anything, but behave as if they do. It's It reminds me so much of Hannah on series one. Like, she constantly defended Wilf. Like, she she said things like, I trust him with my life. Mm. And of course, she's, like, utterly wrong, but it's, it's again, it's just amazing what people can really convince themselves of. Someone is doing that to Harry at the minute as well. Charlie, I think, is doing that. To, uh, actually, maybe I did mean Charlie before. <laughs> this whole, I'm so sorry. Charlie has said, like, there's no way it's Harry. 
like she's just like don't let the traitors stop you from saying what you think Harry yeah. like she's completely caught so it wouldn't surprise me if she makes it through yeah it, you know it, yeah one of those situations I think with Andrew and I really like him I really like him I think maybe he wasn't from what we've seen of events um maybe he, he wasn't that confident and he wasn't as involved and now he is he's sort of a few steps behind in terms of playing the game because now he feels now he knows people like him he's more willing to like participate but he's not in gameplay mode. yeah yeah and the weird thing about the show is i feel like actually sometimes those are the people that get to the end in a really weird way actually sometimes yeah. people who when other versions of the show didn't actually have a clue what was going on the whole time and just got lucky in a yeah. way. Like sometimes actually being great at the game. <laughs> like Meryl. It's <laughs> I <laughs> For example. If you want to throw out that example, that's on no, you. I don't actually know. You know, she might have had a game plan that we just didn't see. And mm -hmm. maybe the way that we were shown I keep saying it like as in remember the way that we're shown the situation. It's like but but from what it came across like on screen, and, and that can be summed up like in the voting at the towards the end of series one. Yeah. Um, to sum up, you hate Meryl. So no. <laughs> Next question. I don't. I like every anyone who is brave enough to go on TV, any like unscripted reality TV show. I'm admirable of because yeah. it's it's terrifying to put yourself out there like that. Yeah, definitely. So at breakfast, of course, we know what's going to happen. Paul walks in. Everyone is shocked and confused. I'm like hoping as a viewer that this spells out the end for Paul, but kind of in my head, no, it probably won't yet. Uh, Zach, Jazz, Tracy and Charlotte. I, I, I get the impression for a moment they like get it. Like I, I thought that they had looks on their faces that suggested, oh, this clarify something for us i mean again as the episode goes on i'm completely proven wrong but there's a flashback to meg receiving her letter telling her that she'd been murdered she takes it pretty well uh although i think totally misunderstands why she's been murdered she don't thinks... this is so <laughs> i can't <laughs> it is so sweet yeah and then she's like i think i'm just too observant i'm just too observant guys yeah, I I just wrote no hun, uh, so she, she. No, it's it's I incredibly get, adorable in the. Yeah, a she was that's not a she wasn't that observant probably, and b she was killed because they had no option but to do it. But she's not to know this, so bless. I mean, yeah. Let's just hypothetically, if you'd been. Would you want to say like what would you say? Oh. They probably murdered me because I was quiet. Like, what? Yeah, you'd, you'd have like, to think of something. Well, quite often the traitors, their tactic is to pick like a sort of chaotic, random choice that's going to throw everyone out. Oh, so, so I'd convince myself of that. I'd be like, guys, I have a chaotic <laughs> choice. <laughs> I'm a riot. They can't stand it. <laughs> I'm the wild card, guys. <laughs> I've got too much sway in this whole thing. <laughs> I would have loved it if she'd come out and said that. Yeah, like, I was a threat. I was a threat, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I thought it was lovely. I thought, like, a nice sentiment to leave on. I yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. I love them all. I love them all, but, um, yeah, it's, 
she she's the ultimate scapegoat of this series i think you know and she didn't make any choices and yeah yeah poor meg for sure We get a little clip of Evie in her interview, and she is on to Paul, but thinks that she's in the minority for suspecting this, so it probably isn't going to do anything about it, which, again, is, is so frustrating to watch. Claudia arrives at breakfast, congratulates them, uh, but they're all still confused and shocked about Meg. So around the castle, we start to get some discussions about what's going on, what's everyone's theories. We Also, see... um, it's... 35 degrees in Scotland. <laughs> Everyone is in shorts. They're getting yeah. lines. <laughs> I, I know it's hard to believe. Occasionally there's sunshine here. No, they've it's... just timed it so well. I mean, yeah. you couldn't have wished for better weather. Yeah, this happened last season as well. People were like dumbfounded that there mm. seemed to be nice weather on some days. But um, also, yeah. I'm so chaotic on, on this episode. I'm so sorry if l listeners are like, this girl is jumping from A to M. Uh, <laughs> but much like Drag Race, when they have their like diary room, you know, are they always wearing the same outfit? I don't think I've registered. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Some, I, I think once or twice someone has worn a jumper that they weren't wearing before. But yeah, they're, okay. they're usually in the same outfits. Yeah, just to have a point of consideration, like timeline-wise, I mean, I've got to stop doing this because it's just, they've shown it all to us in the times that they've shown it to us. But but it is funny to hear so many people be suspicious of Paul and for things to play out the way that they yeah, have. Yeah, so they, yeah, they, you're saying that they could have taken those little sound bites from any point in the series and put it in here to make a nice little narrative. Yeah, just a slightly different time, which, you know, is no, I'm, I'm not, it's not shocking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it feel that's why you kind of feel a bit hurt by the situation that they didn't get Paul, because it does feel like there's this hubbub of people being like, "That's Paul." <laughs> yeah, and then for now it doesn't lead anywhere. Yeah. But it all makes for good viewing, uh, because of how upset we are. Um, it's funny you made a drag race comparison because I have a drag race comparison later on too, actually, for a different reason. Great minds. <laughs> um, I I also thought it's it's funny. Like I just I would love to see. I know in, in Uncloaked we see the eliminated players find out who the traitors are, but it would be great to see them watch so many clips from the series and like see how wrong they were at various times. Um, like Charlotte has this little clip in an interview where she says. She, I'm more than happy that the lovely Paul is with us because he's bloody brilliant. And I just think, oh, I wish I could see you then go back and watch the show and realise how wrong you were. I mean, not that yeah. he's not brilliant, I'm not saying that, but... that Charlotte's a very interesting one for me. I'm, I'm not quite sure. She's got this sort of leading lady vibe about her, but I don't know what that means in this situation. Like, I don't know where she falls... Do you understand what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I find her really hard to... I feel like she's active and she's there, but she's not necessarily presenting a, a a pathway of thought for me, like, as in what she believes is going on. Yeah, or in terms of what they've chosen to show us. Like, I feel like she... Yeah, she gives me the impression that she's probably really interested and could 
they could give her so much more focus than they are giving her. Like, I feel like actually yeah. she's not had that much screen time, even though she looks like she's probably... She's on the screen a lot. Like, she, she she's cut to a lot of the round table. She, she's always involved in a conversation. Can I also... Can I say at this point as well? Is this bad? Why are they, for her, like... Why is she in the bath? <laughs> why is she... Why did they put her in the bath? Like, everyone's kind of doing their thing, you know. I'll knit with my eyes closed. I'm going to look at my gemstone. I'm going to wash? I don't know. I feel a little bit icky about it. Um, I, I don't know if you remember Ryan from season one. He was quite a quiet guy who got banished, even though he was a faithful. He just tweeted about this. Uh, I think today, and someone asked like about this very thing, like, "Hey, did you get to pick what your <laughs> scenes were?" And he says they they got asked, "What would you like to do?" And his his was just that he was in pajamas, like I don't reading or something. But he says that they, yeah, they came and asked, "What would you? What do you want to do? What do you think yeah. would be fun?" Um, and they had like a fair bit of freedom about it. But so I yeah. guess Charlotte was like, "I want to be in the bath, bathtub, baby, bathing beauty on the beach." Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> Andrews is also him, like working out yes it, it is funny though how much it does shape there there's an there is a relationship between like the way you view people and those clips do you know what i mean like to some degree yeah but but if yeah, they're they... in control of it as well it's just it's an interesting it's almost cluedo like to me that's exactly like, what i was gonna say it's like they need to create a character like in cluedo so that yeah. you remember them in a particular way. But what? how am I supposed to be remembering Charlotte? As a temptress siren? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I, think that's what's, I think that's what's very interesting is that it's kind of old school, her character, characterization, should I say? Because yeah. she, she's great, but it does seem like there's a lot of screen time for someone that isn't necessarily directing. Doing much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But I like her. I'm going to say that about everyone. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, speaking of people I definitely really like, Paul is having to convince everyone that Meg's murder and him being saved is actually part of some like massive strategy and that the traitors are, are bluffing them all and there's some sort of chess play going on behind the scenes. Paul and some of the boys have a chat and Paul brings up Zach's name and one of one or two of the others agree that they, they're also suspicious of Zach. We see Ross talking to Jasmine, Jazz and Charlie about his suspicions of Johnny. And this is another point where, again, I, I was immediately like, and I've only watched the episode once. I just watched it in great detail, but <laughs> I was, and I didn't know what was going to happen, but I, I was very worried about Johnny at this point. I get mm. just the fact that we had another scene of people talking about how they were suspicious of him. I thought, well, they've done it twice now mm -hmm. and we're like 10, 15, 20 minutes into the episode. I just, I just thought, okay, they're, 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 they have to they're, show they're engineering a, a storyline that's yeah. building somewhere. Well, they're sort of providing us the backstory to what literally happens. Cause what they can't change is who's voted out. So what they have to do is like, go back, encourage our mind, exactly. Encourage yeah. our minds to, to realise, not with full confirmation, obviously, but yeah. that that is what's going to happen. I did love them all talking out on 
I don't the veranda, should I say? <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was very Love Island. Like these <laughs> beautiful young people having this chat. I loved it. Those three were great. And I really like jazz as well. Jazz yeah. Jazz is the kind of person who, you know, like in series one, you felt like people just are voting other people out because they're not like smiley, cheery people. Yeah. And and I'm so glad to see like jazz. He was just a he's just so normal and and he's great, but like get get to say his piece and and have friends and and not people not just be like I'm so suspicious of him because he's not like banter all the time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think jazz comes to the fore in this episode, and from what I see in social media today, people are like. Oh my god, Crown King Jazz now. Like people, <laughs> people are sort of I someone had like photoshopped I'm not kidding, Jazz's face onto Princess Diana's body. <laughs> oh my god. And they were like, King Jazz, come for your coronation now. Like uh, so people are really enjoying him. Uh and me too. Uh, um I because obviously we're recording this now with like an hour and a half before the next episode. Cannot Cannot wait to see uh, what happens with him. But what was I going to say then? I I think there's some like Game of Thrones like plot for Jazz where where he you like him and you've grown to like him and he's you know like this this strong person that you actually do want around uh, and and then something horrible's coming and he like walks into <sighs> that situation which might actually you know obviously I don't think that will play out well for this is I'm skipping to the end we'll talk about that okay. when it comes <laughs> up sorry <laughs> um in the same chat that you were just uh mentioning Charlie even says some people think it's Paul but I don't and the others like nod as if they seem to agree but then I think Charlie leaves and Ross uh Ross theorizes about the actual truth uh and he says I think I've said Ross, but maybe I meant Jazz, that Paul is in fact a traitor. Yeah, no, it's Jazz. So Jazz says what he says at the end. Yeah, he says he he thinks Paul's a traitor and deserves an Oscar for pulling off this thing. So Ross says he deserves an Oscar, if that's true, because Ross is not convinced. But Jazz says, if I'm gone, he says this at this point in the episode as well. If, If I'm killed off, it's Paul. Yeah, that's right. Um, and in his interview, Jazz says he doesn't understand why no one's questioning Paul. And actually, that's the point where Charlie leaves and he tells Ross and Jasmine his theory. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly what you just said. He says he thinks that he'll get murdered by Paul tonight, but and he doesn't want to bring it up at banishment because do you he think, doesn't think anyone will back him up. Do you think like Ross, to some degree, is kind of blinded by the fact he has this secret with his mum to, to an to a degree, I think he's clearly so smart. I think that trying to carry your own secret in that room is quite distracting as a faithful. Like, so he's like he... preoccupied with with this whole other worry. A part of his like ability to think in the game is slightly. Some percentage of it has to go towards the fact that yeah. he's he's created a secret, you know, with his mum. Yeah, that's exactly so... what Tom from series one said on uncloaked recently he said actually having a, a counterpart in there doesn't do you any favors because it just makes you anxious about this whole separate thing being discovered the whole time so yeah so i think 
Ross is very capable of of confronting the the idea of Paul, and maybe would be more so if he wasn't already in his own game. Yeah, that that makes sense. That that too could well be the case. Um, I, again, I just made a note about Jazz, like clearly understanding the game actually, because he says, "If you know who a traitor is." Actually, you can't come for the all guns blazing because you're just going to make yourself an instant target. So, like on one hand, it's like, oh, that's so great that he's figured that out. But oh, shit, what's he then going to do about it? Like it's yeah, um, which is something that I think plays out from now on. Actually, so brilliant um, because because he, you know, from having one series of the show already, you know, oh, don't go in all guns blazing. So he chooses like the second option, which now we've learned is also just not the good option. Like realistically, the people that are going to do, like we've already said, the people who are pally pally with the traitors or, you know, they, they'll they probably make it the furthest. So if yeah. you think someone's a traitor, you've got to support them. them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. definitely. And then when it's like the fire moment, you're out. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> uh, back in the house, then Ross and Diane are talking about Johnny again to various others, and they're saying this in front of Paul and Harry. And I get this is a point where I thought they're gonna catch on and use it to their advantage. And Harry says that he feels bad about the thought of having to betray Johnny because they are both like members of the military and they have this connection. He actually says they have a brotherhood. Um, I, yeah, I just, I just think oh, th- this is truly foreshadowing something bad to come yeah. from Johnny. And I think that was really sincere. And I think yeah. they could have picked um, a clip of Johnny where he wasn't looking so much like a 70s cop, you know, just <laughs> to like, because he's funny in those glasses. I mean, I I think he's a beautiful boy. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, um, but when they like switch back to him in the sun with his glasses and his moustache, I am a bit like, yeah, that's quite funny actually. Like, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is Johnny. Let's just enjoy that. But I think that yeah, his Harry's feelings towards Johnny. That's that's why the, the you know that's a really good casting decision because I reckon that's so ingrained in yeah him and his upbringing. Like he's been was he in that army. I can't remember what department Harry was in, but he's think... still young. So like he's he's really grown up with these like he's been taught how to these values, you know, these yeah, ideals. his disciplines are really embedded in him. So I think it's it's very sincere. Absolutely. We are ready for the mission for the episode then. Claudia tells us it's worth £10,000. Basically, they have to shoot a golden cannonball from an incomplete catapult, uh, which Ivan from series one tells me online is not actually a catapult. It's called a, a treb, trebuchet. Is that how you pronounce it? T-R-E-B-U-C-H-E-T. I neither know nor care. Okay. <laughs> uh, they have to pick up pieces of the catapult or insert correct name along a trek and carry them <laughs> to the site. Uh, they've got 19 minutes uh, and there will be one shield up for grabs from someone. So <laughs> Why has it gone down to one? Have we really lost that many people? Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I, I guess numbers. I, I guess it just makes it more competitive. Like it's more exciting. If no it's not one just really. Like... There was no suspicion around the people who went for them, though. Yeah, this. Yeah, it just didn't really 
play out like that this time. No one really no. seemed to care. <laughs> also, like, I'm not a negative Nelly. I think it's clever. I don't think much of the challenges. Um, I, I think that's the general consensus but, that no one cares. But but when you bear in mind, you know, this is on the BBC and they don't have ad breaks, you do need a little need window some, of time has to, happen. to just have a chat where you know you're not really going to miss anything huge. Yeah. Um, and I think it can't just, I've, I mean, I wouldn't care, but it probably can't just be like straight reality. It can't just be Big Brother. It can't just be people talking in a house all day. They they need a thing to do. And it probably is quite BBC to have like a challenge, a pu- solve the puzzle. Like they have to physically do yeah, I mean, something. you've got to build the cash up. I suppose that's the, part yeah. of it, even though the money is so, so irrelevant. I feel like at this point in the show and the series, like I don't... When when they were like it's on forty thousand, I was like I don't think anyone's even thinking about that too yeah. much. Um, yeah, and I'm I mean I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but one of my notes was that so far the missions are are generally quite physical, apart from the bird call task. Maybe like I <laughs> I wouldn't mind if the missions were more just rely on like strategy or logic or like. But maybe there's so much of that. There's so much of that happening that maybe they're like, we need to pull away from that, going to the opposite world where people can like mentally sure. rest for a second. Yeah, and I've said on older episodes that because when people criticize the missions a lot, but I can kind of see that they actually maybe they serve quite a clever function and that they are team building and that actually it's when you make them all do these fun yeah. tasks together. They are. They become actual genuine friends, and they have fun, and that yeah. then amplifies the fact that they're going to have to betray each other later on. So maybe yeah. the tension is so well executed because the cast generally they, they genuinely get on really well, and maybe the missions add to that. You're totally right, and I think even you know should the should the challenges go further with creating those bonds between people, even like particular people do you know what I mean like I feel like if you really wanted to make those challenges like more impactful it could you you know you're saying about the team building it could really like connect you to someone do a challenge that really makes you feel connected to like a few other players maybe that's what they're going for and and it is happening yeah but maybe you could work out more yeah they're, they're totally they're totally necessary and and I mean yeah, you have to have them. You have to have them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my next note, my next sentence in my notes is the mission happens. Uh, Tracy, <laughs> um, a, a few things that stood out to me. I mean, I don't really care about the physical aspects of the challenge itself, but I, some interesting things happen in terms of the way people interact with each other. Tracy enjoys Andrew and Paul carrying her across a river. That's fun. Uh, Charlie tells us that she's wearing a hearing aid. I didn't know that before. And she finds various situations quite difficult to keep up with. Um, so we're finding out a little bit more about her there, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Johnny, I, I get this is also just like... Johnny carries off. the biggest thing on his own. Yeah, I, and gets his own little segment that spells out just bad news in big capital letters to me so he talks about joining the army at 17 and he says it transformed him and he reminds us of his accident they had when he was 21 again yeah so and i just i just thought when a faithful gets a big chunk of time like this 
and and backstory i think it's generally bad news and this is where my drag race comparison came in because i think that this is something that happens in drag race yes quite often contestants completely if, if you find their emotional backstory usually a mirror chat it, it's possibly a sign they're going to get eliminated <laughs> at the end of that episode 100 percent. oh it's just like when they do the lip sync and it's like if the camera spends more time on yeah you know the yeah. the ratio of the camera you're, you're gonna win yeah 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 i mean so they just made squid game as well right squid game the challenge yeah and what is brilliant about that is that like you you get so invested they spend a lot of time with someone and then they they cut them they go right so so it's like this language of getting a lot of time actually indicates a more imminent death yeah which <laughs> rather than winning <laughs> yeah which i think is a subversion of what's probably quite traditional on this kind of show that actually the opposite probably used to be true that they would really build up the characters who were going to win or make it to the end but with shows like squid game or the traitors they're doing the yeah. opposite they want us to be shocked and horrified and feel bad so they, they yeah they do the opposite they make us really care about them and then they're eliminated and it's yeah we get a fright well you get way more out of the overall series that way don't you to have these it's it's like you know i've said game of thrones already but it's like the show is made up of deaths right basically it's it feels like it's all about the losing and then the winning happens rather yeah. than the winning yeah because that's only one moment at the very end of the show yeah uh, there's an interesting moment in the challenge when uh, Miles says that people keep nominating him to lead things, but he doesn't actually really want to do it. <laughs> and he says like he's been given the instructions for the catapult, but actually he's not any good at really understanding it. And I, I just thought it was quite interesting that he's seen that way by everybody else. I thought this could either be really good or really bad for him. I've not like, seen I... that. <laughs> I feel like I've not seen that. Oh, def it's not my lie. This did happen. Um, he says people keep nominating me to be the leader of things and he, there's a shot of him like holding the instructions but he's like really struggling with it yeah and I, I wondered oh does that mean he's really popular like Paul and that could be bad or I, I don't think it's quite the same thing I think he's seen as quite paternal I think they see him as quite caring yeah and he's like a sort of dad figure or something like that I have this theory that um becoming a traitor picked by traitors is a very different puts you into a very different mindset than being a traitor picked by the show. Um that I feel like when you're an immediate traitor from the top, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of like rushes onto you. You know, this whole production, everything has been like, you're gonna do it. Right. And then when it's like a peer that decides to make it of you, I don't I just don't think the same weight is shared like it's not yeah this is the same process and i think for miles like i i think he has a great game for that like he manages there's a, there's a lot of love for him but then he's not sort of built up in the same way that paul seems to have been yeah yeah built up as and he i mean he's just famously like i've got no names <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's lovely that they would that they'd consider that of him but i don't think i've seen that in the rest of the show no i i hadn't either i just it was only this part of this mission in this one episode where i, I heard him saying this uh, i said something in the previous episode of the podcast which i only published a few hours ago so you won't have heard it but 
it's, it's kind of connected to what you just said, although you made the point much better than I did. Um, <laughs> my, my point was a little bit more trivial. Just the fact that the other Ash, Paul and Harry, were chosen in a room full of people with blindfolds on. So that yeah. they had they had like seconds or minutes to get used to it and then had yeah. to immediately start acting. Terrifying. Whereas Miles, that was alleviated for him. He was chosen at night in his room with a piece of paper so he had like yeah you know he had the night to get used to the idea and really prepare himself so even yeah. that tiny little advantage could be a good thing for him yeah also he he didn't really have to pitch whatever he pitched to be a traitor if he did was not enough to get picked mm-hmm. so like no one really knows they what they've done at the top you know at the start there is they picked someone who is they they've had this insight from spending time with people and they've picked someone that no one would ever think would be a traitor. So they've actually got a lot more knowledge, the traitors at that time, of who would be good. Maybe yeah. more so than they know that those three original ones will work out. Because really they're they're gonna be great for the drama. Yeah. So so we could see Miles go all the way. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do really well. Yeah. Um, said- also go on. You I go. said that as if I had some sort of inside info. Like, yeah. I think he'll do well. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, you're good. Except the in my soul. Is good. Yeah. I I know you have a you have a knack for, for understanding these things, definitely. I mean it, it'd be interesting. I can't wait to listen to this back at the end of the show. <laughs> Everyone has gone, Paul has won. <laughs> and we're just <laughs> eating our words. We don't really know anything. But what I do know is, where was the challenge in launching the slingshot? Because that slingshot was consistently hitting the bullseye and people were like, yes! <laughs> I was yeah, like, you pulled I... a cord. <laughs> yeah, I, made, I kind of made a note about this as well. So, I mean, they, they complete the mission, but P.S. Molly and Ross picked up some shield boxes along the way. Um, I, I'm, like, not surprised that they complete the mission. They've they've done it every single time so far, and I don't believe for a second they did this in 90 minutes with no intervention from a crew. My friend said um, this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a clock on a screen, and we... <laughs> We've we've worked with clocks before that have needed Adjustment. slight attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the shots you've got to get, the things you've got to see. Yeah, but yeah. we don't care. We don't. No one really cares about that part. I know it's yeah, except me. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. At the end, Molly and Ross have to compete for which one of them will actually get the shield. You're right. They they launch the cannonball. It's very Traitors Australia to me because in that they often did like physical missions one on one, head to head to see who's going to win a shield. And did they do I, a, which I really like. The, you're thinking of the shooting one. Yeah, they've got shooting yeah. bow and arrow things, crossbow things in both seasons of Australia. Yeah. I've not seen the second one because that's not an iPlayer, is it? No. Nor. Um, <laughs> nor. It's nor. Uh, I, I recommend it. I think you'd like it. Um, and they have some action. axe throwing in that one as well. I still love the host. Hilarious. Oh, Lovely. Roger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Roger. Roger's no, that's terrible. <laughs> Roger. Roger. <laughs> He's nice. I would say all the hosts, actually, are so quintessential. Alan Cumming, I mean, imagine if he hosted the UK one. 
Yeah. Have you you've not seen like Traitors New Zealand? Have you? No, Yeah, I don't. I'm very legal in my viewing, so anything that I can't access, <laughs> I haven't seen. uh, you the, you might feel differently about the host of that. So I'm saying. I'm sorry, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um. Anyway, at the end of the mission, <laughs> Ross wins the shield. Hooray! and there's no suspicion. No suspicion Uh, no, about Molly. no. No suspicion about Ross. Yeah. Um. Diane obviously has to like not get too proud or anything. I just like thought, can you imagine her being like, "That's my boy right there," like. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> So proud to call him boy. I don't think they have that kind of relationship. I think I I don't think it's like that with them. Uh, I yeah. don't think she she doesn't seem to even she is mother, but I don't think she seems to like mother him like that. I think she's one of she's very much like you'll you'll be grand like on your own like this. You Yeah. got to make your own choices and do that. And she obviously sometimes she guides. him a little bit but she Yeah. she's she also knows she's in the game maybe they're Yeah. a bit maybe there's i wouldn't be surprised if they are both a bit sporty Oh, definitely. you know like Um, there's a slight athletic competitiveness that maybe lets them tune into the game yeah, more than their relationship it's it's funny you say that because actually they remind me of the mother and son on Squid it's Game. a good game yeah 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 Yeah. i i feel that but they were a bit more They're a bit more like American and like um They like they they seemed to have like some like almost Christian values in like how Yeah. they were. Do you know like it was very sweet. <laughs> like a lot of the Squid Game cast <laughs> very Christian <laughs> um undertow which is absolutely fine. oh, a hundred percent fine, but like A handy. that, but it's quite stereo, that like very stereotypically like sweet and uh, that. But Yeah. they're not sweet. They're way more like English, well not English, UK, UK. British? I don't know. It's which one? They're way more just like <laughs> yeah, British. Northern cool. Northern Ireland. You know, more No, of our UK, kind of parentage. of course. Of Yeah, course, that's sorry. that's not. <laughs> They're from the British <laughs> Isles. I think that's accurate uh huh. to say. Um, and I liked when she called him very sneaky in the last episode. Uh huh. That's <laughs> Very sneaky. very <laughs> sneaky. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We go back to the house then, and we're going to see some discussions among the contestants. Uh, lots of them are in the kitchen. And then Anthony, I referenced this earlier, right? Anthony and Zach, sorry, Anthony, I'm so sorry. I, that, that name confuses me. My dad is called Anthony, and even my, I swear to God, I mean, everyone just calls my dad Tony, but I, I'm going to admit right now, I'm almost 40, 
I don't know if my dad's name's Anthony or Anthony. Is it spelled with the H? Do people care <laughs> yes. too much? We don't know. Also, I think it's funny to call him Anthony, even if not just to reference Zach, <laughs> just because of Zach's decision making. Yeah. Therefore, so you should call him Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. So Anthony and Zach have this like spat in the kitchen about Anthony voting for Zach in the past. And Anthony's trying to explain how he's basing his votes. But I think Zach, and I don't like hate Zach or anything, but Zach truly keeps interrupting him. Like, I found it yeah. so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. And Anthony, they then just sort of, I think they, they all just, you know, part ways and they, there's yeah, not really come to any resolution. Yeah, that room clears out fast. Yeah. Like, that room has got about six people in it and then Ross is talking to Anthony and there's like two or three. Yeah, so it just ends up being Anthony and Ross. Mm-hmm. And he he highlights Paul. This is that you and again you talked about this earlier. That Anthony says, "Well, we kind of need to follow up on the logic here about the fact that Paul returned, and that's really strange that he arrived this morning. Shouldn't we be questioning that a bit more?" Mm-hmm. Anthony then says in his interview, the basically the same thing that Jazz did earlier, that you need to time things really well, and that going hell for leather in the banishment room against a traitor is probably really dangerous, especially at this relatively early stage in the game. In another room, there's another kind of argument. Jasmine suggests that... Oh my god, Jasmine and Johnny? Yeah! And she's like, I'm suspicious of you, and he's like, well, I think we're both suspicious of each other. (laughs) It it all became quite weird. um, Yeah. Because, well, Jasmine says that Johnny is throwing out too many random names with poor reasons. Uh, and I, I, I just thought she was a bit unfair to him because she, she, she says he keeps interrupting her, and like, I, it kind of does. But one time he just literally says the word okay, and he's kind of like smite. Like I feel like he's just being quite lighthearted and mm. laughing a bit, and she's really annoyed with him. And I just mm. thought you're making an argument where there's not really an argument. I, I thought yeah. she was a bit harsh with him. I agree. I think. These two examples of Zach and Anthony's interaction and Johnny and Jasmine's are really interesting in terms of people who don't really... By this episode, they've all kind of found slight places in different groups, right? And these are two examples of people that don't really know where they stand in the hierarchy near each other. And I, I think with... Zach being like that with Anthony is like a regression of everything I've now believed that Zach is. Like, I thought, oh, people aren't that... People are really going in on Zach and that's not fair. And then Zach being like that, I'm like, no, you're kind of doing that wind-up merchant thing that, like, I was very keen for you not to be and I thought it was wrong that people were annoyed at you, but you're, like, you're being that and we've forgiven you, but you are actually doing that to Anthony and that wasn't fair. And, yeah, Jasmine and Johnny... It didn't. It didn't make sense to me, especially because they're also part of this slightly younger set. Yeah. That I don't understand the challenge between them at all. I don't think anyone has been as sort of rude to Johnny as as she was, and I wouldn't. Yeah. Felt yeah. uh, felt cruel. Felt like they would walk away and be like, "Well, we're not friends, so like I'm fine." about yeah. it yeah i mean i guess i could just 
counter that or play devil's advocate and say, do you know what? Maybe that was a totally condensed 10 second version of actually what was like a five minute conversation. And maybe he was yeah. really being like rude or winding her up. And yeah. m- maybe we've got the wrong impression. I don't know. For sure. And I think both Anthony and Johnny have a seriousness or maybe a... I don't think either of them are aggressive, but I think they unfortunately do come off a little bit more stern. They have more power than... They 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 appear to have more power and strength than really they do. And I think you have to look past that perception of them and, and listen to what they're actually saying rather than interpreting them like just just from a plain... Do you know what, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Anthony... Anthony's way of speaking could definitely be interpreted wrong. And yeah. and likewise of Johnny. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. <laughs> we move to the round table then. Here we go. Claudia enters in another stunning outfit. She's wearing this like plum suit jacket and like a sort of peachy pinky blouse. Mm-hmm. I don't normally go into this much detail about what Claudia's wearing, but it's just I think attention has been paid. In the first two episodes, she was like so like belonging to the castle yeah the jumper in this and the plaid skirt was so perfect i wanted to buy that outfit immediately <laughs> if they did like a brand based on the show and it was just all the clothes that claudia wears you're getting buyers <laughs> yeah i don't want official merch i want claudia's outfits yeah uh can, her, her her stylist is on instagram and puts up little pictures of claudia's outfits and stuff so perfect uh, Ross begins at the round table then by focusing on Johnny, which is not that surprising. He says he suspected Johnny from the get-go, and he's got a couple of reasons why. Number one, he says Ash behaved very differently in the round table compared to the rest of the time. And of course, now they know that Ash was a traitor, and he thinks Johnny's doing the same thing. He's like, you're behaving the way that Ash behaved. Mm-hmm. His, his next reason is, he says, you threw my name under the bus, and you mentioned Jasmine, and... I think I think what he means is like, well, you're just throwing out random names. Which yeah, is and then Charlotte work. says, no, actually, he mentioned you on day two. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Johnny is gets quite annoyed. He basically says that Ross is contradicting himself, which I kind of think he is. And again, yeah, Ross says you, your personality has changed. Uh, I think you're you're acting really differently in this room. Johnny counters that and says, well, of course it has. I'm trying to find a traitor and I actually find this really hard and I'm finding it hard to accuse people so I don't really feel comfortable in here. And he mm-hmm. says, I'm not the only person who's quite quiet in this room. He he says he feels like very suddenly people have turned on him today and that's the way that I think it comes across yeah. from the perspective of it as a viewer. Uh, <laughs> Diane, Miss Diane steps in has anyone got any other names they'd like to share? Uh, I think it's <laughs> this is again like uh, exposing of the relationship, unless it's cut, obviously. But she does feel a lot of ease involving adding on to things that Ross has said. Like it's mm. very comfortable and natural to them. Yeah, I just don't know if anyone would truly pick up on it, but but we do. You think you know? I don't know. I feel like they do look. They do look similar. They I, do look similar. I think they do, but again, I, I if 
I wouldn't have I wouldn't have spotted it on my own. Like I truly wouldn't ever look at two random people in a group and go, Oh, you two look like each other, you must be related. I think uh I think I'd be like, You guys get on so well. That's nice. Yeah. Also, Dan, do you have any children? <laughs> oh, famously no one talks about their kids, so <laughs> Except Paul. Except Paul and Johnny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> Diane is like, yeah, she's in true like teacher mode here. It kind of made me think of like when someone's talking in class and the teacher's like, something you'd like to share with the class, Jessica. <laughs> it's very that energy. Um, Miles suggests that maybe Zach could be a traitor. It's very brief, but we get a little comment from Charlotte going yeah that's fair as if to highlight what had happened earlier in the episode that i talked about as if to just briefly highlight to the viewers yeah everybody likes miles and when miles says something other people nod along and they respect it i thought yeah but like are we like missing out on something is charlotte about to is she about to do something is she about to go that's my question because she this agreeability this time that she's being given when she's not really doing much it's just yeah. weird, isn't it? Like, well, she is one of the three names that yeah is brought up at the end. So hence, yeah, maybe, maybe this is all all leading to Charlotte um being murdered. I, I yeah. thought of that. Anthony now wants to address what he calls the elephant in the room: Paul's return at breakfast. He says that either Paul's faithful and the traitors are pulling a great trick, basically, or Paul is just a traitor. I think, like. Paul doesn't really say much here at first and Jazz has to step in and ask him, do you want to say anything? Do you want to speak? And Paul, his tactic now is just to deflect and he suddenly turns back on Johnny, which feels quite random to me. Yeah. And I thought it looked like he was going to fake cry again. Like it's giving Matt Hancock on Good Morning Britain. <laughs> <laughs> he implies that he's going to be furious with Johnny if it turns out that he's a traitor. And I know it's I know it's a game, but it's it's so cruel. Like the the way that he's able to like manipulate everything, it's like it's quite alarming. He's he's doing things. He's doing red red flag things. Is that because he's got red hair and you are being really a bully? Yes, I'm a very visual person. <laughs> um, no, you know when like at the end of the last series, that sort of a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That people are like you it's don't like do that, and and Zach even says that. And I just think like that is not a valid. It's not a valid response, and I have no idea why he how he gets away with it. And I think people, <laughs> it's it's so weird how 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 we see someone how 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 <laughs> visually what Paul is the sweetness of him. Just to like view, but actually, when you look at his behavior, it's it's not very nice, and he's quite he's mean actually, <laughs> and and I feel like he's been yeah you're right weirdly quiet, and for someone who's supposed to like you know he's the most popular everyone likes it I don't think he has any reason to be quiet that that evening on around the table, yeah, and it's it's strange and it's almost like. Because of Anthony's monologue, which I enjoyed. And I think what, what was a shame is that his brain's clearly moving so fast. 
And, and you know, when you've thought about something so much, we get this in development all the time, when you think of an idea and you, and you fleshed it out in your head and then it's your job to to explain it to someone and you've moved too far in your head that everyone hears you and that silence can really solidify <laughs> the idea that you're, you know, you get estranged by it. And I just, maybe that was part of the, part of the game for Anthony, but it, it definitely like, it, it threw people and then everyone came back to Johnny. I, I really wish there'd been something, I maybe something was cut out of the conversation at that table because you are right. It just seems to go full steam ahead, Johnny, in a way that, yeah. I don't know, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, there is a sort of brief interlude because Zach turns on Anthony, which I don't really understand. Because I, I was like, what happened to your theories about Paul? Like, why aren't you agreeing with Anthony? Uh, Zach says that Anthony avoids answering questions. Like, he says you're you're really evasive in conversations. I just think, they, like it's like you said earlier, the two of them just lock horns. Is that the thing? Yeah. I, they, I, uh... they just, for some reason, can't really connect and... Well, but I think Zach's, that... Zach's still spurned by the fact that Anthony... Maybe there's part of it that Zach's annoyed that Anthony voted for him. And so if Anthony... Anthony's logic is frustrating then for Zach to hear because he might view Anthony's logic as flawed because he also thought that Zach was a traitor. So, yeah, 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 sure. So maybe he's annoyed there. I mean, it is a weird, distracting argument for them to have when they're, they're really missing the point that way, but these entanglements have to happen. Yeah, and there's a, there's another like entanglement at this moment because the the another argument almost breaks out between them and Zach again just cannot stop himself from interrupting like i found it infuriating to yeah. watch that he just is one of those people that really cannot control themselves um, yeah i imagine that anthony is someone that can talk at length yeah though as well so maybe maybe he thinks he's intervening in like a long-winded yeah sure idea but i would say like neither of them are good at single line exchanges they can't have a conversation where a, a simple sentence is said and a simple sentence is given in response yeah so actually they've got something in common uniting them genuinely i think you know they they probably get into some big conversations at the pub that kind of <laughs> yeah yeah vibe. <laughs> it's time for the vote then and Again, I, I feel like I already know what's coming. I don't really feel like this banishment now is going to be much of a surprise. I'll go through the votes one by one. Yeah. Harry has to start and he votes for Johnny and it's just hideous. Um, He says in his interview that sooner or later he'd have to get rid of him. I don't uh, think he needed to vote for Johnny. That's Yeah, I wrote that as well. I thought he didn't really have to. He could have just let other people do it. Mm. Um. There's not a lot of suspicion yet about... I'd, I'd looked back at series one and people were way more like, well, you voted for that person when everyone else voted for this person. So da-da-da-da. Are people playing very safe by just like unanimously voting now? I know there was the episode where it was like three, three people. Yeah, but him voting for Johnny really confuses me i would have voted for zach if i thought it would have made more sense for harry to vote for zach yeah you know? i wonder if he was just like scared a bit because of what happened with ash like that time that he voted for her and got it 
I think he maybe he's just scared and thinks I I have to go with the, the obvious tide. Like I don't want to. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. To me, that's yeah. Or maybe he's still trying to say like he's portraying himself as a as a person who's easily swayed and he, and he's emotional. He almost yeah. has this. I'm not. I don't think he has like a. I hate to say this, like a soft boy energy, but he he's he's like this gentle young. Mm-hmm creature and he's malleable like this is the maybe the impression he's going for yeah that that makes sense yeah so uh, after he votes for johnny it's zach zach votes for anthony and this is where he decides to call him ant and i i, I was like oh are we calling him man yeah i we've talked about this before i think giving people nicknames without permission is a massive pet peeve of mine uh, so when people call me Matt, <laughs> <laughs> there's someone in our work that calls me Jesse, which oh. came from yeah. I know lots of lots of people nowhere. call you Jess, and I did that at first when we started yeah. working together because I just thought, oh, other people are yeah. doing it, but then actually, you it's it's Jessica, and you've it never is... told anyone to call you Jess. No, I don't. I don't care for it too much. Jesse though seems a bit. <laughs> random it's sweet maybe i'm maybe i'm sweet enough to be a jesse but yeah i felt uh it was passive aggressive to call him ant and uh if if a fight ensues in tonight's episode i wouldn't be surprised yeah i think you're right jesse so (laughs) (laughs) thanks matt johnny uh is next and he votes for ross diane livid (laughs) (laughs) Diane gets up punches him in the face (laughs) with her strong arms because she is Jim's mother she hits him with a ruler from school Um, Molly votes for Johnny Miles votes for Zach Uh, that kind of starts becoming a landslide after this Tracy, Andrew and Jasmine all vote for Johnny it's the most uninteresting voting process I've ever seen like this, this one I'm like this landslide is it, it's not an exciting one. It's not an exciting, un- somewhat unanimous vote. It's It makes me feel worse, the worse it gets on. Yeah, but then I also think it's designed to just make us feel so incredibly hideous for Johnny. Yeah. And and also, I, I've said this before, like, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> I'm not an aggressive person or particularly um, bad-tempered or I'm yeah, I say controlled that sometimes and <laughs> But I truly could not bite my tongue. Like whether when if I was at that table and all these people in a row were voting for me and I was a faithful, I I would be fuming. Like I would not just sort of calmly sit and smile and yeah. be like, oh well, it's my fate has been decided. I'd be like, fuck you. Like I'd be so angry. Well, Anthony has a level of aggression when he's backing himself up, which. I think is is successful. There is a certain degree of like aggressiveness you can give off when backing yourself that will com- convince people rather than put them off. But I, you know, someone like Johnny and everything he's been through, he will have to be so well trained in controlling yeah. his feelings that I that I think that actually was his downfall because his strength and acceptance meant that he didn't necessarily give off a vibe that people could latch onto to trust him. Yeah. Um, Miles definitely did the right thing though in voting for Zach. That that's that was clever traitorness for me. Traitorship. Yeah. Traitor. Like, 
ship, sure. Tre yeah. Treacherousness. Treacherousness. Yeah. That was <laughs> that was good, I thought. Because, yeah. because I think that what I was thinking is if in this episode Miles could then be a bit more vocal and be because he's he isn't really that vocal about who he thinks it is. I don't feel like he could be like I really didn't think it was Johnny. Like I, I felt like we were making the wrong move, and he could actually now put himself into a position. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was good to see. I was surprised that Anthony voted for Johnny. I yep. thought like, why not Paul or Zach? Um, so weird, isn't it? And Jazz does it as well. Jazz just goes ahead and votes for Johnny. So clearly, the Paul doubters have chosen to just hide amongst the crowd tonight, which is is fine. Like maybe actually that's maybe that's the smart thing to do. It, it's just mm. emotionally difficult to watch. And by the end, Johnny has 12 votes. Anthony has two, Zach and Ross have one each. Uh so Johnny stands up to give his speech. He says, you may be wondering why I'm smiling. I'm smiling because I can see my kids soon. Your yeah favorite. and I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no hard feelings to anyone, honestly. Again, I, I would not be saying this. I'd be like, hard feelings to all of you. I hate you. And he reveals that he's a faithful. They're gutted. Harry gets really upset. Charlie comes and gives him a hug. He he like reenacts Aaron from series one. He gets up and leaves the table. And there's Which, this. Yeah, yeah, it was really mirrored that. Like, yeah. I, that's why I had to go back and watch episode five of series one because I was like, the timings of this are unnerving. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, we also get this, which we didn't get into series one. Maybe they've like learned to be like prepped for this. This sort of <laughs> behind the scenes shot of like the camera crew follow Harry outside. Mm. Uh, it's it, it's giving me. <laughs> Well, you know it's giving me Adore like... Delano leaving Drag Race All-Stars. <laughs> Who else left? Um, oh, my God. Uh, Heidi and... Heidi, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking Heidi. I love it when you get to see those doors near the smoking area. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but, I want um... Harry to just be like vaping outside or something. <laughs> it was... Um... Yeah, and then he sits down and he, and he has his back against the wall. And I'm like, this is a beautiful... Beautiful image. Yeah. Like it's it's gorgeous and um there's no question from anyone about what that means. Yeah, definitely. Um so far. Yeah. <laughs> and he talks in his interview, spells it out, like he just feels incredibly guilty. And he's trying to tell himself this is just a game, but feels really, truly terrible about Johnny. After the round table then, we've got a, a debrief before Traitor's Tower. Ross says he was completely convinced about Johnny and now he's very confused. He People like, I think Jasmine is like, oh, I'm so bad at this game. Like everyone's egos are crushed. Yeah. Uh, Ross also says something that makes no sense to me, but maybe you can help me out here. He says, so glad I've got this shield, otherwise I'd be on the chopping block. And I think, well, why? It's the opposite. The traitors will be loving what you've just done. You're doing their work for them. I, I don't I don't know why Ross thinks he would be on the chopping block. Um, because Johnny was not a traitor. Like, if Johnny was a traitor, I would understand why he was saying this. Yeah. So I don't know if Ross is just getting all tangled up. and Ross? Well, I honestly think 
everyone sees themselves as suspect. Mm -hmm. I think any person who gets a shield will just be glad to have the shield. And maybe he just forgot for a moment. Maybe it feels like a bigger deal was made of his name. And maybe it was. Like, maybe a bigger deal was made of him at the table. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But the one person that thought it was him has left. So... Yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure either, but but imagine like it must be hard to sleep when you don't know if you're going to be there the next day. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, but yeah, it just it. I can't even say for the show like that seems a bit dramatic. The whole thing is so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> And you're very smart, you know. Ah, they—they—they preferred to paint in broad brushstrokes. Is that the? Fr I'm doing so bad for phrases today, but but they'll really tell us what broad strokes. They'll really tell us what to think. I hope that that moment leads to something. I really do. It wasn't something that that I clicked, but. There does get to a point, especially from the version we're fed, where like Paul's game is getting I mean, it's not completely unbelievable. But I'm when you feel like he's so in plain sight, that it's it's sort of just frustrating to see moments like that. Be because you can't do anything about it as a viewer. Like this has already happened. And you're just like No one's words mean anything. Like you can keep saying this, and no one's doing anything about it. So, like, that's <laughs> that feeling of just like, yes, okay, like, yeah. But that's why it's so great. I mean, that's just why it's such good TV. Harry reappears and has a hug with Paul. Jasmine's upset; she's crying in our interview about Johnny. Jazz talks to Harry in the kitchen. Uh, basically, Oh God, it's so good. yeah, he tells Harry his theory. He says, I think Paul must be a traitor. And I'm like, again, just screaming like, no, at the TV, because he doesn't realise he is telling the worst person that he could tell this to. Um, he, <laughs> The thing is, though, Jazz then says in his interview that he's, he says he's disappointed in the rest of the team because they didn't shine a light on Paul. But I also think, well, you didn't either. So I... I I don't think I just think it's maybe a little bit hypocritical here. I think you can't be mad at all the other players for doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah, he was like, someone with a louder voice than me didn't say it and I couldn't latch onto it. <laughs> Yeah. but but it must be... No, I... Yeah, I agree. You can't get mad when you can do something about it. But, Yeah. And he's yeah... He's now convinced that his time is up. Uh, and he's, I think he says that to Harry. Like, if I'm going tomorrow, that means Paul's a traitor. Um, 
I don't really is... know why he thinks he time's up though. Because he hasn't told Paul his theory directly. Like I don't know why he thinks. I don't I yeah, I didn't understand the logic here. Why does Jazz feel so unsafe tonight? Okay, well maybe we've maybe we've missed something. But I also... guess he did tell his theory to Ross earlier and someone else, and maybe he's why he also yeah, go back to Paul. He did say that like um Paul has been making no eye contact with him. Yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. paying him no attention. But that to me wouldn't be a sign that he was gonna get you. Because I think he would more likely get someone he had spent time with because people would be less Suspicious people wouldn't that. think that he'd he'd get them. Yeah. Unless this is some <laughs> sorry. This isn't the plan. But let's say Jazz had suspicion had had a slight suspicion of any of the people he was speaking to. He said to them if you say to enough people, if Paul, if Paul, you know, if I go, it's Paul. Um, and then he, and then someone is able to tell Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and he does. It, it he might have, he might have sort of created it himself. So that he doesn't get murdered. Well, he, I think it could go, obviously, I'm going to give my Anthony now. There's both things are possible, right? <laughs> you have to consider both paths. Um, he could be sharing that. Paul finds out. Paul is a traitor. He doesn't get murdered. Bizarre, because it's like an open goal. It's too open a goal, you know. Yeah. To be like, well, if if I die, then it then it's Paul. So that would give Paul a reason to not get rid of him. But if it goes ahead that it seems like Jazz has said this only to Harry. I don't think Paul is. I think he's too smart to do it. In his gameplay, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? I think if someone said that, I think I would think there's no way. Jazz and Harry aren't best friends. Yeah. So what's the likelihood that Jazz has only said that to Harry? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. So if I, I think Paul is quite clever, and I think he would think, you know, he even Harry says it's gossip, so it's like more people might know, and so I think he might not get murdered. But if I tell you what, if we watch tonight's episode and Diane is gone, <laughs> I'm gonna be so intrigued. I'm gonna yeah. be so intrigued. Yeah, well, I mean, that leads us right onto the traitor's tower then. So Harry immediately tells Paul and Miles his, as he calls it, goss about jazz. And I actually, I mean, personally, I think Harry should just jump on board with jazz and get Paul out. I think he might. That would look really good to everybody because he would yet again have voted out a traitor. Yeah. Uh, Harry wants Miles and Paul to know how strong he is, and he's like, he's like saying, you know, getting Johnny out was like a really hard thing for me to do. So, like, I hope that proves, you know, how how good a traitor I am, and how like I, you know, I'm in this for the long run and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, we're Molly said some, Molly said something very interesting a few episodes ago, which was like along the lines of, "How do we know the traits are working together?" I said this exact thing in the last episode. Of the it's podcast. great. It was great. Molly is Molly's one of my favorites. She really is, and I think. That's so true. Like the traitors aren't working because then they're going to share the money. That's not what any of them 
want. Yeah. I also, also I, I agree. Yeah, I just thought that was one of the most interesting things that anyone has said so far. That 100%, so insightful. The traitors are this united team all with the same goal in mind. I think the cleverest thing to do is to keep Paul and let him just grow more. You know, this kind of slight power of his success at being a traitor is sort of, it's taking up time. It's getting closer to the end of, you know, the run. And I think the more he's swelling as a distraction, the the better for the traitors. Yeah. Um, but what was hilarious about the tower is <laughs> this is such a visual thing, but um, Paul's hair, he's been to the same salon as Harry. <laughs> <laughs> they both got, you know, Harry has this iconically, like, slightly gelled, like, curl. And so does Paul in this episode. And me and my friends were watching it and we were like, <laughs> the next time they're in the tower, Paul's got a little cross earring. <laughs> he, Paul is trying to emulate some of Harry's success. This is like, it's like, like they've all chosen, you have to choose your path, don't you, really, as a traitor. You don't get to rebrand that easily as yeah. a traitor. And we're really seeing those characters grow out. Do you think next week in the banishment room, Paul will be like, I'm guys, I actually didn't tell you I was in the army too. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I told you I was in sales, but actually I'm in business. <laughs> and I'm 22 also. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also an emotional guy. And I'm very confused. And Johnny <laughs> was like a brother to me. Johnny was my brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't guess? And Diane is my mom. <laughs> is that you're right? I don't know. Like Paul Paul started off a lot softer. And he's got harder. Yeah. Who knows how this is gonna go for him? Oh, that was weird. Okay. It was so weird. It was so weird of me to do that. But it's so telling the way, you know, no one could have expected Ash to respond to it. You know, when um, Sonia had come up to her and said, are you a traitor? And she sort of was like, you better not be a traitor. That she wasn't that person at the round table. It was quite defeatist. And Paul's attitude is also very defeatist. I think he... You really have to choose a way to be. Yeah. You have to know what's your angle. Yeah, and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. They start to talk about who they might murder tonight then. Uh-huh. They say that they don't want to go for a really big person or a really quiet person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they want one that's okay. just right. <laughs> <laughs> They talk about Diane and they think that would spotlight Anthony because he and Diane sort of famously not gone so well. They mention Tracy. They think, well, no one is calling her out <laughs> as in like no one suspects her as a traitor, which is which means she's not going to get banished. So they might have to murder her. And they think she's got no connection to any of the traitors. So it would really confuse everybody. They also talk about Charlotte, which we've mentioned already. Uh, they don't really explain why, though. They just sort of throw her name out there. Uh, and then, but then they immediately say, oh, but wait a minute, she might get herself banished. Which made me think, oh, they're not going to go for her. But it ends up, th- those are the three people we seem to be deciding between. And that is where episode That's- five finishes. 
Oh, also, I think they play a song that's on the Twilight soundtrack as well when they're going to the tower, and I really liked that. <laughs> Didn't notice. Who, who was it again? Diane. Charlotte and Tracy. Oh, women. Well, <laughs> three men oh. killing three women. Mm, <laughs> Not okay. A Not a good look, guys. <laughs> um, I did think it was... They're not people I would... Why does no one want to get rid of, like, Molly? Or Andrew? Uh, um, why do they want to... Yeah, because they're just... Why do you want just... to get rid of Diane? I know, because I think Diane's... I mean, like, just, like, what, two episodes ago, she had... She was in a three-way tie at banishment, so she's surely high on people's list. So yeah, I also don't. I also don't understand why they're going for Diane. Which, which, wait, actually, that's. I predict that they'll kill, Tracy. That's that's really? my prediction. But but she's a clairvoyant, so she gets to walk off. <laughs> <laughs> she will communicate from the dead, through mm -hmm. other people. So it's okay. She'll mm -hmm. still be in the game, actually. I. How many episodes have we got left? Is there 11 episodes altogether? 12. 12. Okay, so, so tonight more. is halfway. Yeah. The next step is halfway. Uh, who could we... I mean, the, most it... the most dramatic loss, Diane. The most... Uh, kind of unimportant, not phased loss, Tracy. Yeah. And then Charlotte, it's Charlotte's impactful. This real curveball, that's weird. And like that that feels quite traitorous. Tra okay. Treacherous to me. <laughs> it it sound, that sounds like the smartest move to me. Yeah. Traitorous is a word as well, actually. Yes. Traitorous and treacherous. I know yeah, no, I know I do know this because I, I actually have very good creative writing skills. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I said it in your bio. <laughs> Thank you. Just in case anyone is thinking, I don't know what uh, idioms, similes, metaphors, or the English language um, is. Uh, I do. Yeah. I have not made that evident. And you know what? This is a good example of sort of what happened to Anthony, where you can be so passionate and excited to do something and and you know, smart about it, that your use of language fails you because almost that is the obstacle. And I think that's what's happened to Anthony <laughs> and me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Do you, are you playing along with the BBC Traitor prediction game? Uh, I'm not because the only... Uh, extra content I like about the traitors is this podcast <laughs> great answer thank um, you although if you wanted to, if you change your mind and you wanted to play along the the podcast has a little mini competition and there are links to that on Twitter and Instagram and I'll put them in the episode description so you can join our little mini tournament uh, which they did it people have done last year I know this is brand new oh I think I I had a friend at my old job who was part of the like app testing for it, and I think oh, she won a hundred pounds. Excellent for getting it right. Well, I won a hundred pounds when I won the competition, so <laughs> <laughs> it's now time for my relatively new segment, uh, which is called Uncloaked Unwrapped. 
Where I will <laughs> attempt to recap the most recent episode of Uncloaked in 90 seconds. Here goes the timer. Let's do it. There's a shot of Ed Gamble actually looking at his iPads to read the name of Danny Beard, the guest, because he clearly has no idea who it is. Traitor's legend Amanda from Series 1 is here too. Their murder predictions are Amanda thinks Charlotte is going to go next, Danny thinks Tracy, and also reads her psychic abilities to filth. Amanda passes her gay icon crown to Diane. I have the IKEA lamp that's sitting behind Ed on the set. There's a recap of Charlie taking the mission way too seriously and saying it's the proudest moment of her life. You do you, Charlie. Danny says the Traitors is the best show on TV, which is correct, apart from any show that we are involved with professionally, obviously. Oops. The reveals are next. Meg meets Johnny and she shook, uh, but guesses correctly that he is a faithful. Then the traitor reveals they realise that Harry's a traitor. Johnny said he had question marks over him, but tried to ignore it. They find out Miles is a traitor. They're also shook and they're impressed. Meg and Johnny both notice how quiet Miles and Harry are at the round table and that they both betrayed Ash. Then they find out that Paul, Meg cannot believe it. What an actor, they both say. Johnny's then in the studio and makes a shot myself in the foot joke that only Ed picks up on, but probably doesn't want to laugh at too loudly in case someone else looks funnier than him, which Danny Beard's been doing for the past 20 minutes. Johnny's quite handsome and everyone starts using the word irregardless without realising it. Amanda says Wilf isn't on her Christmas list anymore and I genuinely don't know if it's a joke. Meg CBA coming into the studio so she pretends she's on holiday and she joins via Zoom. Meg also pretends that she was on to what was really happening while she was in the dungeon. Amanda predicts that Harry will come undone because of his strong reaction to Johnny's banishment and that Paul will throw him under the bus. Ed finishes with my stolen phrase again. Irregardless, it's the best episode of Uncoat so far, I reckon. Leave it to a Scouse drag queen and a reality TV Welsh hun to take care of these things. Uh, you, you Have you watched Uncloaked? That was amazing, and I had to mute myself because it would have sounded like a laugh track. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, I listened to the first episode, which was a combination of the first three episodes, yeah. and then it likes to just come up on iPlayer straight after. I do feel kind of good, Fred Gamble, for the picture they've used for it. It's, <laughs> it's not... Up. Yeah, and this kind of like... I think, I think it's I, a terrible picture. I think it's a terrible picture. I think it's a terrible picture. And like yeah. he he he's he's handsome, you know, he he's celebrity handsome and when I watch the video you can see that and I think, "Oh, that picture's not served you at all." <laughs> I agree. Um, that picture's not served you and you have not served. I'm also happy to hear because I haven't listened to it that Amanda thinks that Charlotte's going to go. Yes, that was her prediction. Yeah. Uh, so you and I always thought you and Amanda were kind of like the same vibe. So. I hope that people view me in that way when I'm older. <laughs> I really no, I really do. I hope people see me as a soft maternal type person. I see you as that now. That's nice because <laughs> I'm about to be 28, so, so soon I'm going to become irrelevant to society. <laughs> it's like actually so scary how much conversation there is about women becoming irrelevant when they hit a certain age. Not to say that anyone's told me that age is 28, but I've just heard a lot about it recently. Yeah, anyway. I feel I feel bad for you. You're fine, though, because, I mean... I'm a guy. You're a guy, and you've got a great energy. And <laughs> and there, there's definitely other situations, like, what, there's 12, 13 years between us, and it doesn't feel like... Feels like no time at all. No time at all. Absolutely. Uh, so it's 
it's great to have this chat and I, and I've I mean I'm loving it Well, I'm glad. I'm glad for you. So I'm you're glad not living for it. Okay, okay. That's great. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, I need to ask you the question that I actually should have asked you at the start of the episode. Mm -hmm. Would you rather be a faithful or a traitor? I'd rather be a traitor's traitor. Ah, uh, like a recruit or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Why? rather be recruited because... The people chosen to be traitors for the show are chosen for the drama. And the people chosen by the traitors... Not that it always works like this. I think if they're chosen slightly later in the game, they can be used as a... Like bait. Bait. Yeah. But like Miles being chosen at the top of the show, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I, I That, I think, is the best position to be in. Because your reaction to being chosen is everything's really sincere. And that switch in your mind is nowhere near as dramatic. Imagine how much the buildup has been until that moment when you get that tap on the shoulder, which to me is so nerve wracking that, in, you know, if you play heads down, thumbs up or something when you're a kid and you would sometimes <laughs> hear, you just hear that who it was. I'm like, are they wearing earplugs? inside of the the mask yeah, or, I, I don't know yeah i wonder i do wonder that as well if they maybe they just play white noise in the room or something or play music and yeah because obviously... aubrey was saying that the feet the sound of claudia's feet is really loud yeah, yeah. i also heard where did i hear this from that sort of <laughs> they would have to tell claudia to watch her breathing yeah 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 during the round tables because yeah. she's reactive. So caught up, yeah. I I think I would probably be a bit more of a Brian. I think I'd get <laughs> I'd get so I I'd come I'd fall apart my own anxiety. And I think you if you are if you do sound like you can be a bit extroverted and you're anxious, you're asking for trouble. On yeah. that show, so yeah. I would love to be like Molly or Andrew. I'd love to be just the way that Molly's like, yeah, I'm a sheep. I'm like, <laughs> I want to have that energy, and I wouldn't. I'd be a problem. So um, I wouldn't do well. But if I was going to be on it, I'd be a traitor's traitor. What What's your answer? Basically the same. Uh, I'd rather be a traitor and ideally someone that gets recruited along the way so that you have the benefit of hopefully of genuinely gaining trust from some faithfuls and yeah. then flip into the other side i think those players yeah. often do well in this show i think because of that they've recruited another person being at the top of the show there's so many people at that point at the top of the series it's you're not really able to look and again people think that the number's gone from two to three and it's yeah. What I was thinking was we have so much power because we're only seeing a, like a 20th of what happens, right? But um, if I... I'm playing along here mentally, but if Paul came out as a traitor, I would want to like go back through everything he'd said and knowing that he knew everything, think what could that actually mean? And he's because he's so adamant at the start saying like, oh, I think it's two and they've added one. 
Yeah. I would love to be able to remember that and remember that and be like, oh, maybe no, it's not. Yeah. Definitely. I think one of the, so much in this game, players talk about evidence yeah. and they're like, let's go on the evidence. And actually there's almost no evidence in this game at all. Like it's all conjecture and speculation. But mm -hmm. I do think one of the things that you can go in this game is once you've caught a traitor and, and you banish them, is if you can remember who did they vote for each time yeah and was there anything they yeah exactly what you just said so like, yeah. i think that can be one of the most helpful things but i am so excited especially now we've hit this point to find out what happens and yeah. always have to remember that it's a constructed show people on social media should never be mean about contestants in any genuinely like horrific or offensive way because it's just out of their control how they're put across on this show so like it's all made for entertainment yeah we gotta remember that <laughs> yeah i have spoken about this before i had like a monologue one episode at the end where i talked about how people treat contestants online and absolutely yeah uh at this point it's time for you to promote anything or tell us where we can find you i think <laughs> your version of this might be a little bit different yeah yeah it will be um also I, you know this is the first time i've been on a podcast so i might have made some rookie mistakes of uh, of uh sounding like a bit of an ass which i really hope i haven't i really hope i haven't um uh i love the show love all the contestants if any of them are listening um but you you won't find me on social media but obviously i work i can't i actually don't think i can do this <laughs> basically i was <laughs> Matthew and I <laughs> Matthew and I currently work together, but not for much longer. <laughs> and uh you might not know much about the how how jobs in TV work, but they are often contract based. We do a lot of moving around. I'm just saying, if anyone needs <laughs> some help with development, I'm around, I'm a talent manager, and that's the only promotion I can give because I don't do anything. <laughs> I don't do anything. I'm sorry, but I, no. I, and also it's just so fresh. Like, had we recorded this maybe in two weeks, I'd probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you do. You put yourself out there. Everyone and also should... hire Matthew. Also hire Matthew. Yes, please hire me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I second that. Yeah, and also just like. I know we. it's so great to break this show down and be like, why did they do this? Why did a producer do it? But it's so it's so huge and there's just so much respect to Shigo Lambert and the entire team for making the show. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's now time to conclude our game of deception mm -hmm. because we've been playing the Traitor Traitor. So Jessica, we've been trying to, I think we've been trying to lie to one another. <laughs> Was your lie that you didn't need to go to the toilet earlier and you just went for a walk? <laughs> no, I really did. Uh, I really had to pee. So yes, mm -hmm. I, I obviously have cut that out of the podcast, but we had a little break because <laughs> I had to pee and I need to pee again. Um, did Amazing. you, did you, I did tell you a lie. I think. I actually told you two lies. 
I told you <laughs> I told you two lies because I felt like the first one maybe wasn't good enough. One was that you were special and the other was that you were a good writer. Is that the lie? <laughs> wow. Oh my about God. me. About you lying oh. about me. No, don't be silly. I know, they can't be opinion based. I remember. <laughs> did you tell me a lie? I did. Okay. I, I'm going to try and guess yours first. Oh, I scrawled some notes while we were talking and now truly don't know what the hell they say. Well, I scrolled no notes and have not been listening to a single word you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think you've been so, you've been so strong on the show that I can't. I'll tell you my guesses for you. <sighs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, tell you my options and then I'm going okay. to narrow it down to one. And at that point you can reveal the truth. I thought either you you said you were an Aries, the same as Anthony, and I wondered if that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. But then I think that might be true. That then I, I, I can't even read my own right. Right, I'm gonna go for. <laughs> you said that near the end there was a song that played from the Twilight soundtrack. <laughs> was that your yeah, line? No, that wasn't my line. <laughs> okay. In that case, I really don't know. Well, at least you've thought about it because I forgot to think. I would love it if someone who was listening to this could have detected what you said. Was yours to do with the, with the traitors? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. The one Did that you... I couldn't... I think I've, for, I've actually forgotten one. of. I think I told two and I've forgotten one, but I definitely remember one. Did you, like, recite something back to me that wasn't the way that it happened? No. Oh. What did you do? I mean, I can just tell you if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we could sit uh, here for a half an hour. I'm going to do what I do with every episode of The Traitors and l- listen again. <laughs> Find out and feel smart. The lie that I was intending to tell was, I was going to lie and say, oh, did you know that Paul won a pound on Deal or No Deal? But as soon as I mentioned Deal or No Deal, you were like, oh, yeah, I've seen him on it. So actually, the truth was he won 10 pence. And I thought you would know if I lied about him winning a pound. So I had was to scrap that... that. Okay. Did Kyra not go on it? No, that is actually true. Kyra was okay. also on Deal or No Deal. Okay. I lied a little bit later on. It, was, it wasn't a great lie. I was talking about... <laughs> you were talking Don't about put yourself sh- down. You were talking about the shots in their like, hotel rooms. And you were like, wow, how did they like... Why is she in a bath? Who decides that? Okay. And I told this story. I was like, oh, today on Twitter, Ryan oh. from Series 1, he said that like they got to choose what they wanted to do and they had a chat about it. But actually, he said the total opposite. He said that in Series 1, they just showed up at his room and were like, put on these pyjamas and he didn't even know what was happening. And they fa- they just, he said he had absolutely zero control over Man. what they did there. So I pretended that they chose what they got to do. I completely believed you. And also that really was a counter argument to how bizarre I found the bathtub thing. Which now there is no counter argument. Now it's just peculiar to me. I mean, that's series one and that's one person talking about his experience. I have no idea how they did it this time. Maybe maybe Charlotte was like, oh yeah, this would be really funny. Do it. Like, I I doubt they've made her do it against her will. No, I mean, they won't. You won't do it against your will. I just think, like, why was it was just thing? a bit shocking. It was just a bit. I I trust to watch the show, and I also should preface that I have 
OCD, which like makes some things like a problem for me. But I was, yeah, I was like, my God. I was like, this is nothing to do with her personality. You know, it's not even hobby related. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you're naked and <laughs> but why? Then we, yeah, I know. They, she's not the only one. We, Andrew, we see I him know. in the shower as well. And is I it remember. no? Isn't he lifting weights? One time he is, but there's another time he's in the shower. Yeah, okay, that uh, also weird to me. Yeah. So there we go. Um, I just... You, you want to know what my lie was? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. I was about to. I was like, time to I, go. I know I could hear you were about to finish, and I was like, okay. Oh my god! Right. Irrelevant. <laughs> it's because the conversation had moved on so much. I, I know. 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 Right. What was your right? Your lie. Yeah. <sighs> What was it? Was it about Charlie walked in in the kitchen and Ross and Diane were talking? Oh, my Evie Charlie scenario. It's because I can't remember which one of them was. It was not my lie at all. Um, Is that because you're a misogynist was... and you just saw two blonde women <laughs> and they mean nothing to you? You know, that isn't true, but I would say that they do have this habit of like slightly double casting visually, mm -hmm. which sometimes can make you identify. The people you're supposed to look at because you'll find that no one else sort of fits the exact same profile as them yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. would you realistically cast two people that are that can be slightly confused i don't i don't know i just find that interesting that that there's there's been a few situations of that where i'm like but then maybe that plays into the game where you're like who's back of who who is that from behind who is that doing this anyway um no my lie was about the development of the of the app and that my friend oh my god in it. i <laughs> i was struggling and i didn't you'll hear when you listen to the recording back when you went to the bathroom that i was just talking to the microphone saying like i don't know what to do but I, I just really forced that in there i see this all the time on the and everyone thinks i'm lying I thought that was your lie and I didn't write it down and then mm -hmm. I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. Um because it because you said it quite near the end. So yeah. I was like, I was like, I wonder if Jessica's not been able to lie until now. So she's like yeah. desperately trying to put something in at the last minute. This is a complete uh Paul and Johnny situation. You've got that inner instinct, but you're just not brave enough to say I didn't it. Fall through. <laughs> oh. Yeah, anyway. I see I'm not good. I'm not well, good. You, you are in a way because even though I may have thought it was a lie at the time, you made me forget about it. So that's part of the, You're so the challenge. Is like you you made me like move on. <laughs> As your therapist. You led me away. <laughs> uh, so, Jessica, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. There will be more uh, episodes on the way. Uh, reality TV expert and regular Trader co-host David Bloomberg will be back with me for the next episode of The Trader. And there are further guests lined up beyond that. Super importantly, The Traders US Season 2 begins tonight for us, Friday the 12th of January, with three episodes. Yay. And The Trader will be covering the show, of course. So our first recap will be with you eminently. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already available. As always, if you can leave any lovely reviews and you can subscribe and follow on whatever platform you're using, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, 
Castbox, whatever. Uh, please do that. It would be really fab. Uh, you can also send some questions or thoughts. A couple of people have done that, which I will talk about on the next episode. You can keep up to date with the podcast on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at the Tradar Podcast, or on X at the Tradar Pod. You can also get in touch with me uh, by emailing the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. Jessica, thank you so much for a fantastic chat. I hope <laughs> you've been had great. Fun. I've had so much fun. I'm so thank glad. you so much. I feel lucky to know you. <laughs> that's my that's my line no 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 i do i do this is <sighs> this has been wonderful and yeah can't wait to eat my words <laughs> yeah no no we're you i actually think you might be right about your predictions so we'll find out very very soon until the next episode i am reclaiming the catchphrase that is rightfully mine that ed gamble stole from me <laughs> stay faithful Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.